Hello everyone. My name is Wendy Myers of the Myers Detox podcast. You can find me at myersdetox.com and learn all about and what this podcast is about also, all about heavy metal detoxification and optimizing detoxification and the best diet for detoxification, the best protocols for detoxification. And one of the key aspects of improving detox is getting your sleep down, sleeping, getting restful sleep. And part of the key to that is blue blocking glasses like I'm wearing right now if you're watching the video. So that is so key because if you are staring at computers, staring at your phone, turning on your bathroom light if you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or looking at your phone if you wake up or watching television before you go to bed at night, you are suppressing melatonin production and therefore impacting your ability to sleep or uh, impeding your ability to get really truly restorative deep sleep. And so this is a very important podcast where we were talking about the difference in quality of different brands of blue blocking glasses out there because a lot of them are not really doing what they claim and also giving you an education about the importance of timing your light exposure, what kind of light you need to be exposed to and when, and giving you a lot of different tips in that regard. Because it's not as simple as just putting on a pair of blue blocking glasses when the sun goes down. There's more to it that we're gonna explore today in the show. And so many of you listening to this podcast are interested in detoxification and heavy metals, how these are impacting your health. Well, if you have not been tested for heavy metals yet, and you want to find out if you may have heavy metal exposure or heavy metal in your body, I have designed a quiz that's going to assess your exposure and lifestyle habits and whatnot and find out what your potential levels of heavy metals are in your body. Go to metalsquiz.com, take the two-minute quiz, so you can find out if you've been exposed and what you can do about it. Our guest today is Andy Mant. He is the founder and CEO of blueblocks.com. And Andy has a broad scientific background and is utilizing light to promote and improve health and wellness. In 2016, Andy founded blueblocks.com, an evidence-based blue light blocking technology for managing light at specific times of the day. Blueblocks is now the market leader in advanced light filtering eyewear. You can learn more about him and his glasses at blueblocks.com. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Wendy. It's an absolute pleasure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the health industry? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, I started on my health and fitness journey probably about six years ago, actually. Um, and I went into um, the sort of ketogenic diet um, sort of route and lost a lot of weight. I was about 30 pounds overweight and uh, had some great results with that. But I found that they, you know, diet alone wasn't enough Um you know, in, in terms of my own sort of wellness. Um, so I stumbled across 
um, a few academic papers that talked about light and light's effect on the human um, biological system. So started to delve a little bit deeper into that, um, found a few people, um, doctors within that um, sort of sphere that I could talk to and understand it a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, once you go down that rabbit hole, as, as I'm sure you'll be aware and, and a lot of your guests that have been on, um, you know, it gets um, it gets more and more interesting. The further down you go, the more you find out, the more you actually realize that, you know, light is a really important factor in overall health and wellness. So, you know, I moved to Australia like eight years ago um, and I moved and this is all subconscious. I, I moved because of the weather in the UK, as you can tell from my accent. Um, you know, it rains all the time. It's cloudy. You never really get much sun. And I just felt down all the time. And I, you know, anecdotally thought, you know, going somewhere where it's nice and warm, I will feel happy and, and better. And, um, you know, I sort of attributed that to when I used to go on holiday to Spain and Greece when I was in living in the UK. You know, I used to feel brilliant for that week that I was, I was outside. And, um, you know, that's really what sort of... Um, you know, helped me when I moved over to Australia, getting more sunlight and, and managing light and, you know, ultimately reading these papers, which led me into, you know, looking more into artificial light as well. So, um, you know, that's probably a very brief synopsis of, of where I find myself today. Yes. And so you created the Blue Blocks glasses. And so they are meant to block out blue light. And I'm wearing them right now. And I love them because I've seen a lot of these types of glasses, but you have such a large array of really stylish ones. A lot of them are really kind of cheap garbage and they're not made very well, but these are really, really nice. They look really cool too. You have lots of other styles besides just these aviator styles and you had different kinds too. So um, let's, we'll get into those in a second, but first let's talk about what is this uh, style the glasses do with the orange lenses. So they block blue light. What are some of the dangers of blue light and why do we want to block that out? Great question. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start sort of with um, with what blue light is. So basically, light comes in all different um, all different colors, as we know. You know, when you see a rainbow, that's the spectrum of light. Um, there's invisible and visible, but we're just focused on the on the visible spectrum um, for for this show. Otherwise, we'll you know be talking for hours. <laughs> um, so blue light is is the lower part of the spectrum, and the spectrum runs in nanometers. So from the visible spectrum runs from 380 to 800 nanometers. And blue light is found between 400 and 495 nanometers. So it's at the lower end of the spectrum, which means it's a very high energy, short wavelength light. So it's basically quite damaging um, to, to the eyes, the skin and, and the body and the cells within us. Um, and this doesn't matter if it's from natural light um, or from artificial light. Blue light still damages your, your eyes and skin. Um, now, in nature, just a, as a quick sort of segue, um, red light is very well in, um, entrenched within the spectrum. And the red light actually has been shown in the literature to repair any damage that blue light does. Now, the problem we find ourselves in today is we're living under artificial suns. So LED lights, the computer we're using now to Skype, um, maybe us, our, our smartphones, um, you know, tablets, TVs, things like that. Um, um, when I say that they're like artificial suns, it's because they don't um, emit the full spectrum of light. So it's not a balanced spectrum. OK, so there's a very high amount of blue light within all of our digital devices and LED lights. And there's very little red light. So whether it's during the day or whether it's at night, that light is actually, you know, very, very high in blue. So it's damaging your eyes and there's no red to repair it. So people are getting macular degeneration during the day. Um, 
or they're getting, you know, those dry eyes, they're getting a lot of mitochondria damage because you're, you know, really affecting the DHA that's found in the eye and your DC electric current from, from sunlight isn't charging enough. So you're not going to be, be your optimal self, not going to perform as, as well. Now, the second side of blue light as well is that in the morning when we when the sun rises there's an amount of a good amount of blue light within the sun so what that does is that makes us feel alert it tells our body clock that it's daytime and it releases cortisol starts producing dopamine other hormones that make us tell our body basically it's morning you need to be active you're a diurnal creature get outside and, and go about your day now when we expose ourselves to artificial light after the sun sets that is sending the same message to the brain keep cortisol levels high. It's the daytime. You don't need to go to sleep. So a lot of people find that when they're exposed to blue light, you know, after sunset from any sort of digital device, TV, light, etc., that, um, you know, it's harder to switch off. And we're in a, a day and age now where there is so much chronic sleep um, problems. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's 22 million Australians here. And I think it's something like eight to nine million, million of them have like really, really bad sleep problems. So, when you look through the literature um, about what suppresses melatonin, and melatonin is the sleep hormone, um, it's, it says that it's blue light. Okay, So when you actually look through the literature even further, it gives you the specific frequency that, you know, they've tested all the different frequencies. And specifically between 400, which is the start of the blue spectrum, as we mentioned, all the way up to actually 550 nanometers, which is half of the green spectrum, actually suppresses that melatonin. So what we found was that when we tested all the other brands of blue light blocker glasses in our lab with um, a spectrograph, they were only actually blocking, you know, up to about, you know, 500 nanometers, um, which wasn't all the way up to 550. And it, it wasn't even 100% within that banding as well. So we wanted to create Blue Block Sleep Plus lenses, which is what you're wearing now, to block 100% of all the academic what all the academic studies said, which was from 400 to 550 nanometers, so blue and green light. Um, so not only did we make stylish frames as, as you're wearing now, and we have quite a lot of choice, we wanted to make the lenses the most optimal, and we wanted it to be backed by science as well. So what what we found was a lot of these companies out there that are selling, you know, 20. $20 to, you know, $50 blue light blocking glasses, they just get them from China. And it's just this orange tint on your lens um, with no sort of quality control. It's just, you know, we even bought four or five pairs from different brand uh, from the same brand, tested them, and they all block different amounts, you know, so there's no consistency in the product. And, you know, when we created blue Blocks, we wanted that science behind us, we wanted to give everyone the most optimal solution, because, you know, on a scale of you know, zero to optimal. There's no in between. We want to be our best selves and we want to have the best products to be able to, you know, mitigate these these effects. So by wearing the, the glasses you're wearing after sunset, um, you know, you'll start to produce melatonin naturally. Your cortisol will actually switch off the production. So you're not going to feel, you know, really alert and awake and stressed. You feel very calm, very relaxed, and you're actually sleep. Um, you know, we've got a lot of stress in anxiety and depression um, in our populations today and a lot of it can be attributed to light because if you think about it you know cortisol shouldn't be feared when it's released at the right times of the day so in the morning for, for instance and at various points during the day but we're, we live in a world where there's always light and when there's always light there's always cortisol so you know you can see there where I'm going with this you know when there's constant sort of cortisol being produced you're going to have like major major stress major anxiety issues and you can see that today in you know 
even teenagers like getting anxiety and depression. It's really sad to see, and it all comes back to light. Yeah, because they're just glued to their phone, and they are. Even my daughter, you know, she likes to watch the iPad or look at her phone and watch videos, and you know, it just there is a, a massive addiction to that dopamine hit people get from their iPads and phones, and then that blue light that they're emitting is dramatically infecting their sleep, and so let's talk about. Uh, sleep and exactly how the blue light impacts people's ability to sleep. So it suppresses melatonin production and melatonin is released throughout, you know, starts in the afternoon, released slowly and then increases towards, you know, into the evening. And so let's talk a little bit about that and why we need to be blocking blue light for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. So the way it all sort of starts is actually when you and I'm always a, a firm believer in watching the sunrise every morning and, and whether the, there's clouds or not, I'll be outside in the morning. And the reason I'm outside in the morning is because you can start producing um, a neurotransmitter called serotonin. Um, and serotonin is is the precursor to the production of melatonin in the pineal gland. So by getting outside in that morning, even if it's, you know, from ranging from two minutes to three hours, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Just just get out there, look at the sun, um, look sort of not directly at it, just to the um, to an angle of the sun or just being outside. You're going to start raising that serotonin level, which is what you need to produce the melatonin. Um, and melatonin can actually only be produced optimally, optimally in the absolute blue and green light. OK. So hence, when the sun goes down, um, and again, I'm always a pre, always a, a firm believer in watching the sunset as well, because I believe that the light signals at that specific time of the day as well is that um, signal to the brain to actually, oh, this is this, you know, the body clock. This is the time that the sun is setting. This is the time now to start releasing, um, uh, secreting melatonin from your pineal gland. Now, ancestrally speaking, what would have happened was we would have been outside all day. We would have seen the sunrise. We would have had the serotonin. We would have gotten to sunset. We would have seen that sunset. Um, and then we would have been in maybe the presence of a campfire, which is red and orange light. Doesn't suppress melatonin to the same degree as, as um, blue and green light. But what we do now is we, we might see that sun sunrise. We might see that sunset. But then we're going to go in and switch lights on in our house, which is um, or, or start watching a TV or scroll for our smartphone. And that blue light is actually saying that it's scrambling the brain. It's basically saying, well, you know, I've seen this signal to say to start producing melatonin, but I can't produce melatonin because now it's the morning again. So you kind of skip that that process of actually optimally producing melatonin. And, um, you know, there was a good study out um, by a guy called Phelps in 2001, and he coined the term physiological darkness. So you don't have to be sat in complete darkness to secrete melatonin. You just need to block the blue and the green light that um, is really suppressing that melatonin. So, you know, if you're having high frequency, high energy, low um, spectrum blue light um, and green light penetrating your eyes and your skin after dark, you're going to have a hard time optimally producing melatonin. And melatonin is needed to actually have proper three-stage sleep from your light um, uh, deep sleep and REM sleep. So, you know, without actually blocking that light, you're not going to have full sleep cycles. You're not going to have the autophagy and apoptosis you need to grow and repair those cells. And you're going to have mitochondrial disease as you age as well. Yeah. I mean, that's why even fixing your light environment is really going to be more important before even addressing diet. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I completely agree. And, you know, there were some interesting studies that have come out recently as well that showed, um, that even uh, a few seconds of blue light exposure 
um, whilst you sleep is enough to raise insulin resistance by 60 or 70 percent, I believe. Um, you know, so that would impair the body's ability to handle glucose if we're eating, you know, some carbohydrate, which, you know, I'm completely not against if it's seasonal. Um, so, you know, this all comes back to, you know, people might choose a specific diet um, and it might work for some and it might not work for others. And, you know, you've got to look at the light environment that people are actually feeding in as well. Um, for instance, we have a master clock, okay, which governs the you know, the main time systems within the body, but you also have some things called peripheral oscillators. So more like sort of side body clocks and they're found in every cell in the body and they're not all entrained and sync with the master clock. So a lot of people think that the master clock is synced correctly. It will entrain all your other clocks and that's an incorrect assumption. So there's other um, sort of Zeitbergers that are out there and environmental cues that actually um, entrain your, your, your specific organ and, and skeletal muscle, muscle clock. So for instance, the skeletal muscle clock is entrained through exercise timing. Um, the um, liver clock is, is well documented. It's entrained by meal timing. So it's not about what you eat. It's about when you eat a lot of the time as well. And the sort of theory that we sort of talk about in our community is that if you're entraining your um, master clock at sunrise, which is when, you know, your body's clock starts ticking and gets you to the point where you're going to sleep in the evening. You want to be in training your, you know, your exercise, your skeletal muscle clocks, having your exercise in the morning. Um, you want to be in training your liver clock to sync with the master clock as well. So that's eating your largest meal first thing in the day um, as, as, as well. Um, and there's a lot of um, studies out there as well that show that eating under artificial light actually um, impairs the, the body's um, pancreatic system as well with insulin release. So, you know, typically society has developed um, to, to have their largest meal after dark in the evening for dinner. You know, it's a family time. It's great to sit around the table and, and, and eat. But, you know, there's studies coming out now that show that actually could be fattening depending on, on what you're eating and depending on the time of the day and the lights you're actually eating under as well. So, you know, it's not as simple as saying, oh, I'm going to follow this type of diet and I'm just going to eat, you know, whenever I want. Um, you know, and this is where it kind of like I almost want to grab the intermittent fasting community and say, you guys are so close to getting this right. Like, you know, you do your, <laughs> you do, you do your 16 and 8 diet and brilliant. You've got it right. You've got your autophagy. You, you understand that, you know, you shouldn't be eating all the time. But they typically like don't eat in the morning, start yeah. eating at 3, 8 night it's like just flip that round and you are optimal yes 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 yeah that's a good tip it's a very good tip i love that you're talking about liver function as well that also uh that you want to eat your biggest meal in the morning to optimize liver function so important for detoxification um so so black back to blue light so blue light yes. is really interesting i do a bioenergetic scan with clients that will actually show People, if people have a sensitivity to blue light, because there's people have varying sensitivities to blue light. Of course, we all should uh, be taking steps to reduce exposure to blue light and protect ourselves with these physiological blockers. Um, but some people are more impacted by it than other people. And we can see this in this biofeedback scan that we do here at Myers Detox. And my blue light uh, constantly comes up in my scans. I'm very, very sensitive to it. That's why I love these glasses so much because I've had other, other brands, people send me stuff and kind of didn't, I know, I just didn't really like them as much as I like these. These are, like I said, so stylish. I think they do a much better job than most of the brands out there. 
And why don't we talk a little bit about uh, not only how our eyes are impacted by blue light, but also how our skin is impacted by light as well. Absolutely. That's a great question. And, you know, it's one that's come to the forefront um, quite recently in, in the sort of light community. And, you know, a lot of people feel that, you know, or used to think that wearing blue light blocking glasses was, was probably the, the only thing you needed to do to help about, um, you know, mitigate the effects of blue light. And there was digging around in the literature. There was a study many years ago, actually, that um, they, they took two groups of people um, and really oversimplifying this, by the way, they took two groups of people, one control that slept in a room of complete darkness. And they also had um, another group that slept in a room of complete darkness. But the second group, they would um, shine um, a blue light on the back of their knee um, at, at a point when they should be starting to secrete the maximum amount of, of melatonin. And what they found was that when they shone the light on the back of the knee, um, it actually disrupted the, the secretion of melatonin during um, the sleep cycle. So, you know, that sort of says that, you know, something called melanopsin is present in the in the skin. And, and melanopsin is a, like a phototransmitter that that basically takes light um, in the blue range and actually, um, you know, relays messages to the rest of the, the body. Again, really simplifying this for, for people. Um and melanopsin was originally only thought to be in the eyes and, and it seems to be at its highest quantity in, in the eyes anyway. So it takes in the light, it translates the, you know, it's just like any other opsin in, in the eye, you know, it's rhodopsin and a few others, but the, the melanopsin actually is sensitive in the blue range. Um, and then December 2017, a really cool study was released that actually proved that melanopsin was present in the brain and also in the fat cells. Um, so we actually haven't specifically seen any studies to date that actually, you know, r really confirms that melanopsin is present in the skin. But looking at the evidence that we've seen in, in some of the studies, we can make a very sort of, you know, 90, 95% assumption that it is. Um, so what that means is that even if you shield your eyes from blue light after dark, um, but you have a lot of your skin exposed, you're still going to somewhat disrupt um, the secretion of melatonin. Um, and, you know, a lot of people in the community as well are also suggesting that a lot of diseases that we're seeing now in that are mitochondrial in um, in origin can actually stem back to something called melanopsin dysfunction. Um, so that is basically the impaired um, sort of translation system of blue light into the body. Um, and I guess to put it in a sort of really simple analogy type situation like the carbohydrate hypothesis of um, insulin resistance is that we eat a lot of carbohydrates um, you know continually eat more the insulin is produced by the pancreas there's a lot more insulin produced the more sort of sugar and refined carbs we eat until it gets to a point where you know we can't get the insulin you can't get the blood out of the uh, sorry the blood sugar out of the um, the sugar out of the blood and into the cells and then you can become insulin resistant it doesn't matter produce a lot a lot a lot of um, insulin but you can't deal with the blood sugar and the similar is, is true for melanopsin because you know we have the um, the blue light in nature but balanced by the red light um, that doesn't cause a problem because any damage we cause we're actually out in the sun we get the red light and it's actually um, you know not not damaging that system but when we're actually under blue light constantly um, it's just literally overloading that opsin system and actually damaging it so when it becomes impaired we're no longer able to signal the correct messages from light to our body so you know that's not getting to the cells it's, it's damaging the mitochondria um, and it's causing you know a lot of a lot of problems for us not just sort of 
melatonin and sleep wise, but also from a mitochondrial health perspective as well. Yes, that's it's so important because we talk a lot here about mitochondrial health and toxic metals that impair mitochondrial functioning, but mitochondria also work with biophotons. So they take the light from the sun and convert it into to energy. So really important to you know optimize that light conversion to energy, and the blue blocks can help do that. And so, uh, so why is blue blocks technology the most advanced, like compared to other? blue blocking glasses? Yeah, another great question because, you know, there are, our, our glasses are, are at a premium range and, and they are, you know, somewhat more expensive than some of the other ones. And, you know, what led us to create Blue Box was we we tested literally all the leading brands out there. And I'm not going to mention them on here because it's not fair, but I, I actually documented it in a blog on our website where I took all the leading brands of glasses and our lab tested them with a spectrometer and we compared it against the claims they were making on basically on their website. And there was only one of them that actually did what they said that they were going <coughs> to, excuse me, that they were going to do. And even that wasn't in line with the literature. So, you know, as we alluded to earlier, if you're not blocking, you know, it doesn't matter if you're blocking 98%, it's got to be 100% blockage within 400 to 550 nanometers. Um, any more than that, then you are literally not going to see anything. It's going to be, you might as well just switch the lights off. Any yeah. less than that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that because I actually, a friend of mine sent me a pair of, uh, you know, green and blue blocking glasses from Amazon. And yeah. I put them, I was like, yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm going to block everything. And I put them on, I couldn't see anything. So like, this is, ah. yeah, it's, it's working. They're blocking, but I, I can't see anything. <laughs> That's it. And it's, you know, sometimes more isn't always better, Wendy. And, um, you know, when we wanted to, to create something that was evidence-based, okay? And there's no evidence that suggests that anything post 550 nanometers, you know, the rest of the last 20% of the green, sorry, last 20 nanometers of the green spectrum is going to have any real impact on melatonin. So, you know, it's finding that optimal balance. So people can actually, you know, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of people out there that say like, well, actually, there's, there's not a lot. There's a few out there that say like, no, I want complete darkness. I want this. And it's like, okay, well, go and live in a field in the middle of nowhere and don't, you know, disconnect from society. But ultimately, you know, we all are in a society. Technology is great. I love TV. I watch my shows. I love the fact that we can speak over Skype. I'm not dissing that at all. But, you know, we've got to find a way to hack that environment. And that's what we're into. We're into hacking. So, you know, we're not we're not going to switch off. We're not going to, um, uh, you know, um, you know, t take out our LED lights sometimes. We're just going to find hacks to, to actually, you know, um, to live in the modern world, but live healthily in that modern world or as healthy as we can. And, you know, when, what annoys me is with a lot of these other brands is like we were saying, they get their technology from China. It's just literally a random coat of, of orange tint on your glasses. Um, and there's been no sort of real in-depth knowledge of, um, what light and what frequencies of light actually do the damage. And, you know, what a lot of people like about blue blocks is the fact that myself and my team, spend all our time researching this stuff we 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 aren't just going oh yeah there's a trend everyone wants to get on blue light blocking glasses let's just get them cheap as possible sell them for as much as we can and make a lot of money we we want to create a product that is going to be the most optimal product and that's what we've done with these red lenses you know you cannot get anything near them um and just the fact that um you know, we've had the Australian national football team wear them. The captain of Liverpool Football Club wears our glasses. UFC fighters, um, you know, uh, wrestlers, people that are at the top of their athletic game are wearing our, our, our glasses. And, and we haven't approached them. They've approached us. So, you know, we want to make sure that 
you know, it's not just going to be for, for these athletes to wear them. Like everyone deserves to be optimal. And whether it's someone that does a little bit of exercise and sits on their couch watching telly in the evening, you know, you can still be optimal um, with your light environment by wearing the most optimal product, which is Blue Blocks. Yeah, and so the, the Blue Blocks, like you said, they assisted the Australian national soccer team in qualifying for the World Cup by helping them to beat jet lag. So how did the Blue Blocks glasses do this? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question as well. And, you know, we, we were approached by their chief sports scientist, a guy called Nick Jones, um, back in 2017, around about sort of October time. Um, and it was funny because we'd only sort of just launched a few months before and they got wind of this technology and they were like, well, we have actually been drawn against um, a country called Honduras who are located in Central America. So similar to sort of where you guys are at now, sort of near Mexico. Um, and being from Australia, they um, actually, it was the longest journey that any football team had to make to actually have a qualifying game. And they were really worried about the impact of flying for literally two days, landing in Honduras and then realigning their body clocks and the players' body clocks to actually perform. And we, um, Nick said, said to me, he goes, look, we understand this, this stuff. Can you write a paper for us that will basically show us how to mitigate jet lag and, and optimize recovery? So we looked into the literature and we saw that literally any kind of sleep deprivation or dysfunctional body clock um, reduced um, athletic performance in elite athletes by anything between 10 and 30% the next day, whether it be marathon runners or sprinters. And football's a combination of the two. You know, they run, you know, 15 to 18 kilometers again, but they also have short sprinting speeds as well. So the first part of the equation was managing the jet lag. Now, they were flying, um, they were like flying towards the, the, the east, not the west. Um, so that's a massive problem um, when it comes to jet lag. So what they had to do was they had to stay awake for the first leg of their flight. OK, so they had to have all the blue lights on, um, you know, the cabin lights, everything. Stay awake. You know, if they wanted a coffee, have a coffee. Just just stay awake. Do not sleep. And they flew to um, Hawaii, Honolulu. So they stayed awake for that leg of the journey. And the second leg of the journey, they needed to actually block blue and green light and then go to sleep. So we prescribed our glasses, the ones that you're wearing now, to the 23 squad players. They put their glasses on as soon as they landed in Honolulu. Um, within two to three hours, they were shattered and they needed to go to sleep. So the um, cabin actually turned off all the lights for them. So they had pretty much complete darkness. They had sleep masks on and then they woke up in um, in Honduras and then they, they played their game. They actually uh, got a nil-nil draw, which was really good because Honduras are a good team. Australia, not so good. Um, <laughs> and then on the way back, because they had three days later, they had to play the second game in Sydney. So um, they flew back west. Um, they did the opposite. They wore the blue blockers to Honolulu. Then they stayed awake back to Sydney. But then they utilized um, the Blue Blocks Red Sleep Plus lenses um, for the two days they were back um, in the evenings to entrain their body clocks again. Um, and we also said to the sports scientists, you know, they need to get out and they need to train with the sunrise. So they were up training with the sunrise, they were wearing our glasses in, uh, in the evening. And it only actually took them 24 hours to, to actually feel fresh and, and, and optimal again. It was bizarre. And um, they went on to win 1-0 in, in Sydney and qualify for the World Cup. So it was a really good story that, um, you know, we like to share that, you know, all that travel and they still managed not to even concede a goal and, and they, um, you know, overcame jet lag within 24 hours. And it's something that I use as well. You know, it's a similar formula to what I do. As soon as I get off my 
um, my flight. If I'm going to um, to Europe or somewhere, I, I like to immerse in cold water. I like to ground to the earth and, and also, um, you know, utilize my blue blockers as, as well to, to really entrain my, re-entrain my body clock to that um, destination, I guess, region. Yeah, that's amazing because I actually spent many years ago, I spent about three months in Australia and coming back to the United States, it took me three weeks to adjust my sleeping clock back. So I can attest that that is not an, an easy thing to do. And I suffered from jet lag for quite some time. So two days is phenomenal or just like that 24 hour to uh, 48 hour. That's phenomenal. It is, it is. It, and, and, you know, we've, we've actually blogged about it as well on our website. So depending on what direction you're traveling and how many time zones you're going through, there's different hacks. Um, what I found was from reading all the jet lag related blogs, they just said, oh, this is the one fix all for jet lag. A bit like people do with blue light blocking glasses. This is the one size fits all. And it's never the case. So we took the science and, and the theory and we actually broke it down into, well, if you're going east, if you're going west, what time of the day you're traveling, what time zones you're going through and really broke it down for people. And, um, you know, that's a good resource as well. If people are traveling. You can just go, right, I am traveling from, you know, I don't know, Houston to uh, Paris. And this is what I need to do. And you can really you can actually use it as a tool to calculate when to actually implement the hacks and what hacks to implement. So, you know, it's taking it a little bit further and, and providing sort of useful information rather than sort of a really bad you know, blanket approach yeah. that, you know, yeah. might help or might not. Yeah. So what does your optimal like light management protocol look like day to day? What are your hacks to help us optimize melatonin production and sleep and block out unnecessary light? Yeah, good question as well. Because a lot of people just think, you know, you slap on your pair of blue blockers after dark and you're going to be fine. And, you know, it's only probably 20% of the equation. Um, so I'll talk about what, what I do and what I, um, a lot of my followers do as well is that, um, it's all about natural light. Okay. So you want to be watching as many sunrises as you can in the morning and, and whether that be just for a couple of minutes or for half an hour, it doesn't matter. You know, it's whatever, you know, time you can actually, um, commit to in the, in the mornings. And I never used to be a morning person. So this is like really coming from my heart. Like I used to lie until like 11 a.m. in the morning and not go to bed until like one in, in the morning. So, um, you know, the fact that if you start getting up to watch the sunrise, set your alarm, I guarantee you within a week, you won't need to set an alarm. And as soon as that sun starts to rise or just before, you will naturally wake up. So, and, and you will you will feel so much energy to do so. So that's the most optimal way to do things. And if you're not a morning person, it's very easy to become one. Trust me, I've been there and done it. I never thought I could. I used to laugh at people like being like, how do these people get up at that time? What's wrong with them? Um, whereas <laughs> now it's so optimal. Okay. So um, what I like to do during the day because I work in an office is I wear blue light reducing glasses. Okay. So these don't block blue light. They just reduce the spike of blue light from your computer, from the LED or fluorescent lights that are above your head, for instance. Are those and the yellow have, ones? Those are the yellow ones? Yes. Okay. So, but we also have clear as well, Wendy. So we understand that, you know, in some corporate environments, you can't go in with like tinted glasses on. Like so Bono, got, like Bono going yeah, to his office, to his day job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've got the yellow are more optimal than the clears, but the clears still do a, a good job. Okay. So we've impregnated a, um, a special material between the lenses that filter out a, about 30% of the blue light, whereas the yellow ones actually filter out across the whole spectrum about 50%. So they're a little bit more optimal, the yellows. But if you don't, you know, if you're just starting out and you maybe you're getting a few tension headaches or dry eyes, start out with the clear ones. And if you're feeling a bit 
you know, sensitive to, um, you know, people commenting on the fact that you'd be wearing yellow glasses. You can just put on the clears and, and it, all it does is it, it gives you a little blue or purple reflection off the lens. So, you know, it's not drawing attention to yourself. And that's a good hack to do as well. It's, it's what I do. I'm not wearing them now because I'm sat outside talking to you. Um, and I also have a filter on my um, computer. So I've actually got no artificial light whatsoever around me, just natural light. But, you know, majority of people will be sat indoors. So you need to be reducing the blue light. Another hack during the day is you don't want to be stuck in that office all day. OK, so during your lunch period, go out and have a walk. Yeah, you know, go and walk around um, as long as it's not raining. Um, if it's raining, still get outside, but just get under cover. You know, it was raining a little bit here just then. That's why I moved slightly the laptop across under this umbrella because it's getting a bit wet. But, you know, I mean, you're still outside and light is still coming in. So it's really good for you. And it's, it's sending messages to that central pacemaker to say, OK, well, it's this time of the day now. It's that time of the day. This is what I need to do. And it's getting that hormone balance right by being outside. If you're stuck indoors all day, your hormones are going to be all over the place. It's not good. You know, you can get all sorts of issues with that um, on an N equals one basis. Now, I try and get out a lot more than just at lunchtime when I'm in the office. And the excuse I've always used um, back when I was actually working in, in, in an office was, um, you know, to my boss that like, well, I'm going outside for a couple of minutes just for a fresh air break. And they'd be like, oh, why, why are you doing that? And I'm like, well, what difference is it to smokers in the office that get a smoke break? I want to go outside for two minutes. Um, that's what I'm going to do. And they were like, yep, fair point. Good way of putting it. Smokers get to go out. You can go out. <laughs> two minutes. I'd go outside, just bask in the sun a little bit, um, and then come back in. And again, it's, it's getting that natural light to send the messages to the brain to tell you what time of the day it is, release the correct hormones. Then I watch the sunset in the evening. Um, again, if you live in the UK, for instance, the sun sets like four o'clock in some some winter months. So, you know, you just need to get outside at that point um, as well and watch it. And then you can put your blue blockers on whilst you're at work for the remainder of the day. Um, now, what I do after dark is, yes, I wear my blue blocks, blue light blocking glasses, which is the, you know, 101 of blocking the blue light. But I also hack my house. So I've taken out all the LED lights except for one, which is my wife's makeup room. Um, because if I took that LED white light out of there, she would probably kill me because or, or she would or she would look ridiculous trying to put, you know, lipstick on in, in under red lights. You probably wouldn't even see it. So that's the, the only exception we have. Um, but every other light I've taken out and we have red light in. So incandescent was or, or is pretty much is the best you can put in. But I actually have halogen. And the reason I have halogen is Number one, it's a low flicker rate, so you're not going to have pulsed EMF into, into the eye, which is you know damaging in itself, really, um, no matter what color it is. But also incandescent bulbs. I was changing these bulbs every three days, Wendy, and it was just costing me a fortune. So, you know, we got halogen light in, which was um, you know about 10, 10 to twenty thousand hours in them, um, and you know I'm only changing them sort of once a year, if if that, to be fair. So, um, that's a big hack to do because you know. If you think about it this way, right, say a lot of people go to sleep in the night and, you know, some people um, or even all people, it depends on the frequency basis, might need to get up to go to the bathroom in the night. Um, and what do they do is they, they do all these amazing protocols to block blue light, get into bed, they start sleeping well, then they wake up at, say, I don't know, two in the morning, need, need to pop to the bathroom. And what do they do? They switch on the light. Um, and if it's not a red light, you're just going to send a message to your brain that it's solar noon. Um, and really start messing up your hormones again. So, you know, when I get up in the night um, from time to time to use the bathroom, 
Um, I don't need to fumble around for my blue blocking glasses. I know my skin's not going to be an issue because I've got a red light in my bathroom. So I just switch that on, walk in, go to the bathroom, and then straight back to sleep literally within about two seconds. So, or a lot of people, they look at, they want to know what time it is, like how many more hours do I have to sleep? And they look at their phone and boom, you know, wake themselves up. Yeah. And that's a fantastic point as well, because I always used to be one of those people. I used to like, go, oh, what's the time? I used to have a clock in my um, clock in my room that, you know, was, was blue LED, like back in the day before I knew any of this. And, you know, it's funny now you can actually wean yourself off that, because when I was saying earlier about getting up for the sunrise, you will consistently wake up at sunrise every morning. So, you know, before you go to bed at night, if you if you look at the the iPhone's fine, because it has like the the weather app um, on it that you can load up um, and it tells you what time sunrise is. Um, so when you actually get that cue in the morning that oh, I'm starting to wake up now, you'll be like, oh, it's 6.15 in the morning. I know it's roughly around about that time. So you don't need to look at your phone. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't really have it in your bedroom anyway. But, you know, we I haven't set an alarm now for probably the best part of 18 months. Um, and I'm always up and ready to get up probably about 10 minutes before sun, sunrise every single morning. It's- yeah, I have the same thing. I For eight years, I wake up every morning at 7 a.m., including Sunday. I don't know if that's because I have a child and the child has trained me to wake up or it's because my light habits are so amazing. <laughs> but every morning at 7. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a combination of the two. I mean, your light hygiene is obviously very good. You understand it and, you know, you put hacks in place to um, – to counteract the negative effects of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's always a good, it's always a good thing as well, not to try and catch up on sleep at weekends. You know, there's a, a study that I posted in my group, um, yesterday that showed that those that slept in at weekends were actually worse off health wise than those that didn't. And, you know, whether it be the weekend or midweek, you've got to have that same pattern of going to bed and waking up. And, um, it's all seasonal as well, Wendy, you know, like a lot of people think that, you know, that should, you know, wake up at seven every morning, go to bed at nine is, is should happen, you know, 365 days a year. But, you know, our species are actually programmed to sleep more in the winter. Um, and, you know, that comes back to a lot of creatures that hibernate in the winter. So it's not an issue if you're going to bed at nine in the winter and, and maybe getting up at seven rather than 6am. Um, you know, this is all fine as long as it's um, in, as long as it's, your body telling you that's what it wants to do. You've just got to listen to it. And if your light hygiene is, is correct and, and um, on point in terms of the, the circadian um, rhythm perspective, you know, your body will tell you whether it wants to go to bed at, at eight o'clock or 10 o'clock or whether it wants to get up at 5 a.m. Or, or 7 a.m. And, you know, one thing that we are very, very fortunate of here in WA, which is Western Australia, is we don't have daylight savings. Um, which is another major issue for circadian entrainment because, you know, during the middle of a, the spring and the fall, you know, you're suddenly losing an hour or gaining an hour. And that's really, really bad in, in terms of um, circadian health. And we're very lucky in Australia that we don't have that. So, you know, we get sunrises as early as 5 a.m. in the height of the summer. Um, and then winter, the latest is about 7 7.30, something like that. Whereas in some of the countries like the US or um, in the United Kingdom, sometimes it's 9am before the sun's even coming up. And, you know, it's just, you know, you're, you're getting up in the, in the dark, you're switching on a blue light um, in the mornings in the middle of winter, and it's telling your brain it's solar noon straight away. So, you know, you've got to make sure you've got that red light in, in, in your environment as well, especially for the mornings. And, you know, don't ever be afraid to wear sleep plus blue blocks lenses in the morning if the sun hasn't risen yet uh, because your body still thinks it's dark. So um, just 
refrain from switching on those, um, you know, LED artificial lights when and where you can really. That's such a good idea. I didn't hadn't really thought about using them in the morning because here I was about to mention we have daylight savings time where that the clock is going to go an hour ahead on Sunday, and I love it because the the sun uh, the sun sets later, so you can yeah. do activities later. But in the height of summer, the sun go down goes down at nine p.m., and yes. then you wake up in the morning in complete darkness and. Um, so it's just, uh, it's kind of like a, a catch 22. And, but I think that's a, such a great idea to wear these in the morning as well. If the sun hasn't come up yet. Exactly. And it's all about like trusting the sun. So look at when the sun's rising and when the sun's setting, um, and then just have, you know, make sure you're outside during as much as you can during those periods, whether it's winter or, or summer, but before those periods or after those periods. So like before sun, uh, rise and after sunset. Just make sure you're wearing your, your your blue block sleep plus glasses, and and you'll be you'll be totally fine. You're taking out that portion of the blue that that shouldn't be in your light environment at those specific times of the day. Yeah. So where can we get these amazing glasses? Yeah. So um, there's two places you can get them. Um, we the main place is our website, so blueblocks.com, which I'm sure you'll link um, in in the show. So it's just um, b l u b l o x dot com. We do free shipping all around the world, um, so we ship free to the United States. We also have an express option, which takes two days um, for them to come. Um, so go on there, and, and you can see the different colors of lenses, and it's got a big sort of educational piece on there about you know what lenses do I need. So you can jump on there and have a read about you know well which ones do I need. And um, I always say you need a day pair and a night pair, but whether that's a, a clear or a yellow pair during the day are um, basically you know do you suffer from this do you feel like this question and answer thing will will tell you which one you'd be better to purchase but everyone needs these red ones like 100% of the time um and um we also have a small quantity of it's actually the wayfarer sleep style and the tortoiseshell sleep style so not the ones you're wearing actually with a um stockist in the united states that actually has them in the amazon warehouse now mm. oh right Amazon account and you actually feel more comfortable ordering from Amazon and you like the Wayfair and Tortoiseshell, which is our two most popular, by the way, um, we have them with a, a supplier there. So you can just go on Amazon and, and type in the search blue blocks and you'll be able to see them on there. Um, I think they might even be um, just a, a few dollars cheaper as well on, on that sort of method. So um, either way is totally fine. Um, they'll, they'll arrive probably quicker if you order from the States, but if you want the styles that you know because we have up to 10 styles you know to choose from we've only got two in amazon in the united states at the moment so jump on the website and you know shipping doesn't take long you know it can take between two to eight days you know um depending on what shipping methods you go for so that's the best place to go and there's a lot of a lot of good blogs on there as well if, if if you're listening to this and this is the first time you're hearing of this or maybe you've only heard little bits on it our bloggers honestly we write everything very very basic so you know we take all this you know, really intense academic literature and we write it in such an easy, understandable way. So jump on there and have a read of, of those as well. Okay, fabulous. Well, it's, thank you so much for coming on the show and educating us. This is such a wealth of information, uh, educating oneself about light because a lot of people aren't really paying attention to this. They may, they may have like a, you know, a moderate understanding that they need to block blue light at night, but this is just 
really educating us much beyond that. And I love that you have so many different types of blue blocking, blocking glasses and so many different styles as well to meet every single need. So I highly, highly recommend them and go grab yourself a pair like mine. So thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, find, you can find your website at? Uh, blueblocks.com. So uh, B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com or just google blue blocks will be number one in the rankings on on that so it's not many blue blocks around so yeah. <laughs> yeah jump on and come and come and join our tribe and you know join our family we we have amazing aftercare service as well you know um and we also have a great facebook group called light and health we've got about six thousand people in it um that we just talk and um discuss you know the new literature that's coming out and explain you know in layman's terms about what those studies mean so you know come and learn with us it's not about just buying a pair of blue blocks and um, you know, us being like brilliant, see you later. Like you're in our family then, you're in our tribe and we look after you and we answer all your questions and we, you know, get on our mailing list. We send out all the latest studies um, as well. And we also have a YouTube channel. Um, so just type Blue Blocks into um, and start following us on there. And I, I'm series um, one, episode two into um, biohacking for beginners, where we're talking about light for just, just, Five to five to ten minutes per show, just about why you should watch a sunrise, why you should watch a sunset, why you should block blue light. So, you know, if you want some more information or you want it, you know, dumbed down a little bit more, then jump on there as well. So, there's lots of resources when you follow us. We're not just a company purveying blue light products. We are telling you about how to be your most optimal self. Well, fantastic, Andy. Thank you so much for coming on the show and educating us. And everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Myers Detox Podcast, where we talk about everything related to heavy metal detoxification, and you have to optimize sleep in order to detox effectively. And so that's where these uh, come in handy for that. So thanks for tuning in, and we will speak to you next week.